Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast. We are recording during the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, I actually feel pretty good. How about you, Adam? This is the best I felt about the Knicks in a very long time. We had a moment. We were actually talking to our friends, and uh, it was right before the Knicks picked. And every time we had been in that situation for the last, it feels like, 30 years, the Knicks had picked the guy we didn't want, and it seemingly didn't work out. And I think we were both worried that they would take the Israeli kid. I mean, we don't know very much about him. We've just seen European and foreign players just not work out on the Knicks, and we just assume that's who they would take. And they took the player who we really wanted was Obi Toppin. Um I think the last time, like, we were in a similar situation, they took Porzingis, and I, I wasn't happy with that. But it, I that wasn't worked. either. Right, right. I like, wanted Justice Winslow. Right, me too. Shows what we know, but. <laughs> um, so we don't always have the, we don't always make the right decision, but we were just happy to be excited about the player they took. We both all day were texting about Toppin. He's the guy we wanted, and they got him. So, and they didn't have to trade up for him, too. So this is a win-win, at least for now. We'll see how it plays out in the future, but it feels good today. Yeah, and I think that's an important point when you said they didn't have to trade up for him because uh, just just following the you know happenings of the day, we find we find out here on draft morning that the Knicks trade the 27th and 38th picks to Utah to move up four spots to 23. And when it happened, we're thinking, okay, they're they're working a package to take to, you know to take the eighth and twenty third picks and maybe move up to like let's say picks five or six to get the guy they want. And at the time, we were thinking Toppin because a lot of the mocks had Toppin in the top six. Yeah. So presumably they got the guy they wanted anyway. And now they still have the twenty third pick, which is awesome. Uh, right now, at the time of recording, uh, the Nets are up with the nineteenth pick. So one thing that's going to be kind of fun is. Uh, We'll announce the uh, Knicks' 23rd pick as it happens here on the podcast. It's unlikely we know but, uh, very much about that player, but we will we will announce it. So, Justin, why are you excited about Obi Toppin? Why are the, what, what are the reasons that you're excited they, they took him? So, uh, so uh, listening to our podcast, you know that uh, one thing we don't do is we, we don't watch a lot of college football, but... Uh, at least I, I do watch. I think I like a de- like a, li- a little bit to a decent amount of college basketball. I enjoy college basketball a lot. Uh, I, I enjoy the fact that the games are generally under two hours. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm getting off point here, but uh, I do like college basketball, and I did watch Dayton play a few times last year, and I thought Obi Toppin was very, very impressive when I did watch him play. He played at Dayton, which is a school that, while they do have a really good basketball program, last year he vaulted them to the top five in the country, a place where they were pretty much the entire season. Uh, Had there been an NCAA tournament, Dayton likely would have been a number one seed. Uh, and and most of that was because Obi Toppin was just awesome. I mean, he was the national player of the year in college basketball last season. I mean, so, you know, I like him for all of those reasons. And even more so, he went to Dayton, which, which is a mid-major, and we looked back, and in the last 10 years, th- this is basically the list of guys that have been drafted in the lottery or very close to the lottery in the last... 10 years it's and sorry guys that were drafted in the lottery that went to mid-major programs it's gordon hayward out of butler Kawhi leonard out of san diego state paul george out of fresno state cj mccollum out of lehigh dame lillard out of weber state and john morant out of murray state and all those and guys you are terrible just, basketball players yeah terrible um seriously though you see though it's that w- when these guys are good enough to vault themselves from these mid-major programs into like the top 10 or 15 of the draft. They generally turn out to be really good players because you have to really stand out if you play at one of these programs. I mean, one thing we've seen in the past, like like one thing I always remember is you go back to the 2005 draft. Marvin Williams was the second pick in the draft over Darren Williams and Chris Paul. And while Marvin Williams has had a very long NBA career, I, I, you you wouldn't by any means call him a star player. Like he's always been like a rotation piece, and to his credit, he's made a ton of money and he's been in the league for 15 years. But 
Marvin Williams did not start for North Carolina. He ended up being the second overall pick in the draft because everyone just loved his upside, and he played under Roy Williams at North Carolina. That was wild. And a lot of times when you you have these guys at these big programs like a North Carolina or a Duke or a Kentucky, people just get inf- just get infatuated with the upside and the athleticism, and they don't focus on things like, oh, is this guy a really good basketball player? And when you go to programs like Dayton and you're heralded enough to be a top 10 pick, I feel like you're a really good basketball player. And well, that gets me really excited to see him. jumped out of the gym. So he's got that for him too. Yes, but he was also the Nash. He was also like the best player in college basketball last season. Like he wasn't the sixth man for his basketball team. And he got drafted really high because, oh, he's just a freak athlete. Like, he's clearly a really good basketball player. I was worried that that they were going to take Okoro or Williams. Not that those guys couldn't be great professional basketball players, but they're both developmental projects. And I don't have a lot of faith in their ability to, like, develop a player. And I don't think this team that's been losing pretty much for 25 years, you know, wants to not be great or not be good again. So I don't – we'll talk about what we want their offseason to be. But I, I like that they took a guy with an extremely high floor. I mean, it, I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but the research I've done, it just sounds like his, you know, the worst he'll be is an average player. Like, it seems like he right now could be a starting forward on most of the teams in the league. I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, but it seems like he can start. And it seems like his defense is a serious concern. Um, and I'm saying this as someone who's not watched a lot of tape on him, but he seems like he's extremely athletic. It seems like he's an extremely hard worker, and he's playing for Tom Thibodeau. I don't see a reason why he can't be a league average power forward. This is, like I said, I haven't crunched the tape, so maybe I'm completely wrong here, and I understand that people say he's got a lot to grow. But, I mean, if you're athletic, if you're smart, and you're willing to work, it seems like he could at least be league average as a stretch four defender. I don't think that's crazy. It's it's not crazy, and the Knicks have taken a lot of guys in recent years who have not been league average. You know, whether it's Frank Nilakina or Kevin Knox, uh, they've taken a lot of below average guys. I mean, I think you look at the current state of the Knicks roster, and the only two guys that are worth a damn are R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And, and to the Knicks credit, I mean, they found Mitchell Robinson in the second round. I mean, that was uh, a, a great pick by them. But you need to, you know, you need to surround those two guys with talent and I, I think it's a good sign that they took a guy like you said with a higher floor uh you know and a higher a guy who has a better chance of just at least being a starter a guy who could be a part of their rotation or a starter for the next however many years uh also obi top and he's 20 he's 22 years old so physically he's a lot more developed than a lot of these 19 year old kids that come out uh i like that aspect of it too uh, for this team, but yeah, it's just a weird feeling to not be upset about their pick. I mean, how many times has it been, you know, whether it's uh, Jor- you know, the Jordan Hills or the Kevin Knoxes or the Frederick Weisses or, I mean, even at the time, Chris Epps Porzingis, we weren't happy with that pick yeah. when it happened. I mean, it turned out to be good, but you know, that that's that's been more of a rare occurrence where uh, they take a guy we don't like and he ends up being good. Usually it's, oh, we don't like the guy and he ends up sucking. So what we're doing today is we're going to really do an off-season overview of the Knicks. We're going to go through the players we'd like to see them get. We'll go through the players who we, we think they might get and the players they should stay away from. Um, but now that we know who their their draft pick is, that will definitely impact you know our predictions. Yes. All right. Uh, so, Adam, why, why don't you uh, lead us off? Who do you want to talk about? Do you, so do you want to go through uh, so, the free agents first or some of the possible trade candidates? So I thought it might make sense for us to just talk about like what we think a good offseason would be for them, like the type of players they should be targeting um, rather than like getting into the specifics. So for me, I don't I don't this isn't like a swing for the fences. Let's max out everybody. We're going to go into next season with three superstars we signed in free agency. I mean, that, that can't happen because there aren't that kind of free agent um, available. Like, this isn't an offseason where you go try to trade for a James Harden. For me, this is an offseason where you try to get some rotation pieces that, if you're a playoff team in three years, will still be around. Like, you want the organization to move forward. You want the team to move forward. I, I don't necessarily want them to try to bottom out again. I don't want them to make the playoffs, right? So it sounds like next year's draft is loaded, and there's eight guys presumably who could be extremely good um and we've seen you don't have to bottom out to get a top four draft pick anymore 
So for me, the perfect offseason is to go target some guys who aren't max players, who you know improve your team, move you in the right direction, and are pieces when eventually you are a playoff contender. Um, so I don't want to like go out and like put a, like a, an eighth seed team together and not get a good draft pick. But I also don't I don't want a, another bottom bottom out team. I want a team that is fun to watch and you can see them they're making progress. So that that's what I want from the offseason. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I mean, the, the one thing I think that's worth, one thing that I think is worth talking about is that I, I just weren't wonder though, could, could it actually be a little harder to bottom out than we think for the following reasons? First off, the NBA just announced that while technically, there's only going to, you know, we're still going to have our same eight-team playoff format. They did announce that starting this 2021 season, there's going to be this new playoff play-in. And if you're a top 10 team in the conference, you have a chance to just get into the regular playoffs. So uh, I want to explain it because I, I feel like this hasn't been talked a lot about. Like I read this in an article. I haven't really heard anybody talk about this. But so here's here's the way it's going to work. So for more than ever, getting a top, and this is more of just an, a general NBA statement, but more than ever, getting a top six seed in your conference is super, super important because getting a top six seed essentially gets you a buy into the playoffs. And then what's going to happen is the seven and eight seeds are going to play a one-game playoff. The winner of that game gets the seven seed. Then the the ninth and 10th seeds are going to play each other in a one game playoff. The winner of that game will play the loser of the seven, eight game. And the winner of that game then gets the eight seed. Hmm. So point being is that you could be like 10 games under 500, be the 10th best team in the conference, have two good games and get, and be in the playoffs. You could also be the seventh best team and not make the playoffs. That's a good point too. You could be the seventh best team and end up in the lottery. So how does that impact your your draft position? So if you're the tenth or ninth team, are you and you get into the playoffs, do you then not get a lottery pick? So my assumption is that the way that the NBA has always had it is that the fourteen non-playoff teams get the first fourteen picks in the draft, and that includes because you've had years in the West where like forty-seven win teams miss the playoffs, and thirty-eight win teams in the East make it. And the 48 team in the West gets a better draft pick than the team in the East that make it. So I, I would assume that if you have the seventh best record but lose those two games, you end up in the lottery. Yeah. I would assume. I don't know that for sure, but I would assume. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think they're pretty far away from being able to make the playoffs even in that uh, situation you played out, Justin. Well, I think that's a good segue to something we want to talk about. And something we definitely don't want to see them do, at least I don't want to see them do, is you've heard rumors of the Knicks trading for Russell Westbrook. And I can understand the incentive for James Dolan wanting to do this because the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs in eight years. There are no fans and, next year, though, Justin. And, and Russell Westbrook, well... I mean, the Knicks end up drawing regardless of whether uh, they're good or bad anyway. But uh, <coughs> my point being, if you get, if you if you were to bring in a Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's still probably a top fifteen to twenty player in the league. If you brought in a Russell Westbrook, there's a re- you're almost definitely gonna finish with one of the ten best records in the East. And Russell Westbrook's the kind of kind of player. That could get super hot for two games and get you in the playoffs. Uh, I really, I don't agree with anything you just said. I would be, I would, I might stop following, like being a fan of the team and like not being able to. Well, no, I just said this is traded for Russell Westbrook. I don't think he I just can get said them into is, the playoffs. I don't think he's getting hot. I think he's always been overrated. For two games? He's on the downside of his career. He has a horrible contract. If they could just bring him into their cap space. I just said give up I it. just said this is why I wouldn't trade for Russell Westbrook. I don't even Westbrook. think that's possible. Like I don't even think he could get hot and like win a playoff game for you. He is yeah. the nightmare situation to put next to RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett last season I think it'd be terrible. Okay. Uh, I think it would be horrible to si- to bring him in because he has this awful contract. He's not going to help the development. 
but he is a talented player and he I just think any team that has Russell Westbrook on it is at least going to be within like I don't know 10 games of 500 and that probably gets you the 10th let's just just think about this okay let's just say for argument's sake next year these are your seven through eight seeds in the Eastern Conference next year let's just say it's Indiana Orlando Charlotte and the Knicks in that order seven to ten so under this new playoff format the Knicks would play Charlotte for one game and if you have Russell Westbrook, you're telling me Russell Westbrook couldn't beat the Charlotte Hornets in a one-game scenario if he goes crazy. He could. I don't think so. I think Charlotte's going to be good next year. They they're One I, game? I'm not talking I, about the whole I really series. don't like one Russell Westbrook. Game. I think he's demonstrated in the playoffs that he's really good at losing playoff games. But I, he's still been in the... Okay, two years ago with on Oklahoma City, basically doing everything. I mean, for three straight years after Durant left, he still got them to the playoffs. Never got out of the first round. He's not a winning basketball player. The point, but he got them to this the is playoffs. Silly. We both the agree. Point, Let's not belabor this because it's not going to happen. The I'm, point is, is he could get hot for two games, beat like the Charlotte Hornets and Orlando Magic, and then the Knicks get in. And that's not what you want. You'd rather not be in the playoffs and have a shot at one of these, you know, really good players because where the Knicks are at is they they need to just draft well. Hopefully, Obi Toppin is the beginning of them drafting well and. Russell Westbrook only hurts your chances of drafting well in future years. There's the, and not to mention, I, he probably hurts the development of the guys you have already. I, have I think he may help you draft well because he's not good. Um, my concern is more that so we can't really evaluate RJ Barrett. Like I, I have some serious concerns about him, mostly based on his free throw shooting. I think that you know players who aren't good free throw shooters don't really develop into good three-point and mid-range shooters. So I have concerns about whether he's going to ever be like a primary scorer on a team. But we can't evaluate him because he played with Julius Randle and Morris, who just dominated the ball. Um, He needs to have the ball in his hands. And one of the things I like about Toppin is like they'll play well together. So I I just don't want to bring in another guy who just has the ball in his hands all the time, Um, which is why I I don't want Russell Westbrook. So with Chris Paul, like if you could have just added him onto this team without giving away anything like just brought him into cap space which i thought was the cost of chris paul i would have done that because i think mitchell robinson would have really flourished and i think it would just been good to have him on the team even though he yells at everybody i just don't feel that way about westbrook i don't i don't want to watch westbrook basketball he's a wonderful human being i don't i just don't like the way he plays i don't think he's good for the people he plays with um so i would be very I upset think- if they brought him in I would too. I think we're both on, we're both very much on the same page as far as we don't want them bringing in Russell Westbrook. I, I just think we're we we differ very much on how good we think Russell Westbrook still is. But we we don't have to spend any more time on Russell Westbrook. I I don't think they are going to trade for him. I uh, I should say like I think Russell Westbrook had he stayed healthy last year, I think the the Rockets actually were playing like maximizing him where he was having the ball in his hands, he was surrounded by shooting, they didn't have a center. Like I think that could work. I think Russell Westbrook, if you build a team around him, can still be a winning basketball player. I just, his Knicks team is not going to be that. So I, I think it would be him just doing Russell ball and just not being fun to watch and them not being good. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on. There, there's one other guy out there that we think could be a trade candidate for the Knicks, and that that's Victor Oladipo. Uh, what are your thoughts about possibly trading for him and bringing him onto the Knicks? So the uh, reason he doesn't have any trade unhappy. value right now is because he's an unrestricted free agent after the season, and he's had some very, very serious injuries. And he's a guy who plays kind of like Westbrook, where he's at maximum torque all the time. So we don't know if his body can hold up. I would do it. It just depends on the cost. Like if you could give up a first-round pick, that's like top 12 protected like for five years and then after that becomes like six second round picks great i would do that but i'm not giving up a lottery pick at any point at any time right like the the pick needs to be always lottery protected um i i think i'd also go as far as saying as i'd give up probably any player on the roster outside of rj barrett and mitchell robinson uh i mean why would indiana do that i don't know i'm i'm just i'm just saying as long I mean, as you're not getting up those Frankie two guys who are top 12 protected Kevin Knox for victor Ald- sure i just i don't think that's yeah. gonna ha- i think i think indiana would just rather have victor Oladipo. 
Yeah, I mean, supposedly he's unhappy there, but uh, I don't know if he's unhappy there. He he wants a contract, so he it's a tough situation for the player, and he has one year left, and he wants a max deal. I'm presuming, but he's had these horrible injuries, and Indiana doesn't want to necessarily commit to him long term until they know if he's going to be the Victor Oladipo of old. Um, so I mean, he's he just wants a max. It's his right to want that. I don't I don't think he, I think he likes playing in Indiana. Yeah, I mean, he did went to Indiana. He's from Indiana. I was actually surprised when I heard started hearing these reports that he wants out, and even more surprised when supposedly the Knicks are one of the teams he wants to go to. I don't know how much I really believe that, because as we've seen, uh, star players don't want to come to New York, which I think is a good thing to talk about next. And I, just, you know, I before, do love Victor Oladipo. I would love to get him. I just given his contract situation, his injury situation, I just. I wouldn't give up Mitchell Robinson. I mean, they don't want Mitchell Robinson. They have too many centers. That's not happening. And I certainly wouldn't give up Barrett. And the Knicks should not be giving up Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks should be trying to re-sign Mitchell Robinson. They shouldn't be trading him away. If the right deal came, like if Minnesota's like, here's the second pick in the draft, which didn't happen for Mitchell Robinson, I would have done that. Um, but I'm not. I'm, I want. That's I want probably not happening though. It didn't happen. <laughs> right, we, we can we can say that emphatically. So before we get into like the players they could sign, is there so the way the Knicks built their roster is their players last year were either on one or two year deals, um, and they all have player options. They just have a ton of, ton of guys with player options. Is there anyone on this roster who you want to bring back? Honestly, like I said, I just said it. Other than Barrett and Robinson, there's not a single guy on this roster I need to see. So you're not, the, ex- the you're not other- like you're not doing the option of Portis on Bullock on Peyton on Ellington. All these guys, you're just like they're walking. I am too. I just thought it was worth saying because we are doing an off-season preview. They, yeah, they do I have mean, to make decisions on their options. I mean, if they wanted to bring one of these guys back on a year, as long as it doesn't hurt them in the future whatever fine uh they control all these guys they can bring them back in for one year they that's their decision to make the only guy who they signed who had is not an option this year is randall he has an option next year um i would love to get rid of him very much so um i think he's great as a six man but he's as a starter all he does is take possessions away from from um rj barrett right he's he's great off the bench right because he you don't have to worry about his defense as much and he's he's you know, bulldozing yeah, guys. I mean, honestly, he's just—I don't want him to always be doing, you know, Julius Randall things. Yeah, I mean, the thing with a guy like Julius Randall, I actually think he's the kind of guy you're probably better off just going into the season with because, as we saw last year, he doesn't year have an with, option. Uh, they don't have a choice. They'd have to trade him. No, no, no. I understand that. Like they, I, but I think I, I don't know what you're getting for him now. Whereas, I, I feel like what always ends up happening is teams get injuries in the middle of a season they they have a certain need and then all of a sudden you end up being able to get like a first round pick for a guy who's going to walk out the door at the end of the season anyway kind of like what, did with what ended up happening exactly and I, I think you have a better chance of getting that mid-season so i'd rather just instead of exploring or t- i mean again if someone blows if someone blows off the doors for uh julius randall go ahead trade him now but i i do think you probably have a better chance of getting more value midseason for him. Yeah. Um, they just, they need what to wanna... be clear that he is not the primary ball handler. I just, I'm looking at their contracts. So the, the Knicks have a club option. No. So Mitchell Robinson's under contract for two years. So that you don't have to worry about that yet. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's, let's start going through free agents. Um, so the, well, I one thing I want, before the... we start going, sorry, before we go through these free agents, one thing I wanted to, just kind of put out there is that uh, uh, so one thing I always feel like with the other two teams we root for the Mets and the Jets is that while they might not be good it always feels like there's a path to getting good they might not always execute things along the way or on that path to being good uh, you know to the way we would like but there's a path it doesn't feel like there's like the Knicks have been so bad for so long and their reputation around the league is so bad. It just feels like there isn't a path. Like, I I guess what I'm getting at is that as we saw last year, guys in the league, New York is, is a destination. 
guys do want to play in New York City. We saw that very clearly because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted to play in New York City and chose to play for the frickin' Brooklyn Nets over coming to the New York Knicks because uh, the Knicks were so dysfunctional and DeAndre Jordan was like, you can't come here. It's This place is a joke. So it's like when I look at these free agents, I kind of look at it as what is the best move they can make to both A, two things, both to A, I, I guess make them better, but B, to like change the perception of this franchise. Because at some point they need to like start moving in the right direction and they need to like start having this reputation as a place that isn't a joke and as a place that like, a potential free agent might want to come or even just a guy you have in the building already would want to stay at. I mean, they drafted Kristaps Porzingis and it just felt like he did everything in his power to sort of like force his way out of there. I mean, the Knicks messed up in trading him for freaking cap space, but like, that's what I want to look at with these free agents. Like who helps move the needle for this franchise to get them to a point where they could be competitive again? And I think there is an opportunity. So a lot, this isn't a good free agent class, but there are rotation pieces. And I feel like they they have the most cap space of anybody. Um, And I I feel like you can be aggressive and through the draft and through free agency, go in with an okay rotation where you're moving towards respectability and you're moving towards having guys who play well and, you know, just not being a laughing stock. Um, a lot of this is just going to fall on Barrett, right? Like if Barrett can't be a primary scorer and can't be maybe like a, a two or a three on a championship team, it doesn't matter um, because they, they, they're, they're the, the, the chest is bare. And they're not like Obi Toppins and I don't think going to be like, you know, Blake Griffin, right? So I, I just I, I think there are free agents who will move them in the right direction. Um, I do think they'll need to be aggressive and I think they'll need to overspend. And I think they'll need to lock these guys down for more years than they would want to. Um, I think the window for this team to be competitive is probably like three, four years. I think next year it's moving in the right direction and right direction after that. But I don't think they're going to like save their cap space for next year, sign three stars and immediately be contenders. That's that's not what's happening. This is a longer rebuild than that. I agree. And again, it's about changing the perception, like get out of your head that they're signing, that they're signing Giannis in a year like that like that's not happening it's about building a culture where they're just again like you said they're not a laughing stock so all right who who do you want to start with so Uh, i think the most important thing they do is not something that will work out so i think they need to max out brandon ingram day one just like here's a max contract right and knowing that the pelicans will match it but you have to make the pelicans match it because if you can walk out of the offseason with brandon ingram on a max deal that's that's a wonderful offseason because that is a piece who could be the second or third best player on a championship team. I don't think he's the best player in a title team. He's a good shooter. We saw Point Ingram. Point Ingram was fantastic. He's an outstanding passer. Um, as he gets bigger, he'll, his defensive prowess should get better. You're not getting him, but you have to at least try. So he gets a max deal, right? And then yes. you approach the Pelicans and you find out, is he really someone who's in their long-term plans? Nobody knows that. People think he is, but I don't... When him and um, Zion played well together, but they're both better with the ball in their hands. So I could see a world where Ingram could be moved. Um, And the Knicks could be in a position to offer a lot. Um, So I could see a sign trade as possible. Not likely, but for me, that's, that's number one. You just have to do it. Yeah, show you mean business. I mean, Brandon Ingram, he made his first all-star team last year. I think he's only 23 years old. Uh, I, I agree uh, that, that that's a move you make. Uh, the first guy, one, I want, you just max yeah. him out. And it's not, you yeah. know it's not going to work, but you do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing, this is a guy that could more realistically sign because he's an unrestricted free agent, and that's uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, what, what, personally, I would try and go get him. Uh, I think in terms of changing the perception – He's a guy that can help do that. I think Fred Van Vliet is a winner. Uh, you know, he, he won at Wichita State when he was in college. He won at Toronto. He, he seems to be the kind of guy that makes 
players around him better. Uh, uh, he'd fill a huge need at point guard. Uh, is he good enough to warrant like twenty twenty five million dollars a year? Probably not. But you're also in a position where you have to overpay for good players. And I, personally, I would do it. I, I think Fred Van Vliet is a you know a guy that could help. In a lot of ways, uh, I'm curious to get your opinion on it, Adam. So Fred Van Vliet's been one of my favorite players in the league forever. So when he was a free agent two years ago, I wanted the Knicks to offer him a giant contract and scoop him away from Toronto. And he signed a pretty team-friendly deal with Toronto. And he's not they're not going to—he's not going to get a team-friendly deal. I would—I would, I, he's not a max player, but I would—I would be the number one bid on Fred Van Vliet. He's not a guy. He's not a Westbrook, right? He's not going to attack the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a good passer. He's a very good defender. He's a very good shooter. If R.J. Barrett is your primary ball handler, he's a wonderful off-ball guard. Um, and he's an extremely hard worker. I think Tibbs would love him. He's my number one priority in free agency. I, I think they really need him. And he's the guy, like, if you overpay for him, and three years from now you're the sixth seed, and he's helping you, great. That's and he build, helps build you a better culture. That's all wonderful. So I I love Fred Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. I loved him before. It was cool to love Fred Van Vliet. Um, <laughs> I I think they should overpay for him. They're gonna have some competition though. I don't think Toronto wants to let him go for free. And I know the Pistons are probably gonna be in on it too. But they they should go out and get him. Yeah, totally agree. But just knowing uh, that he's not you know he's not gonna add ten wins to the team. He's not the type of player. You're bringing him in because he's a good rotational player, and he's someone who's going to help build you a better culture. All right. So, Adam, always exciting when we can break, uh, when we could uh, have breaking news who this on our podcast. Is. So the, 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 the Knicks just drafted Leandro even though Arja Hampton was yeah. available and they need a point guard. I have no idea anything about him. He's from Argentina. Maybe he knows uh, Manu Ginobili. Oh, man. <laughs> I just... Whatever. He played in he's in Spain right now, and I know Spain has the best professional league in the world outside of the NBA. So I guess he was playing in that league, I'm assuming, since so, that's where he's physically located at the time of the draft. Justin and yeah. I's go to for um <laughs> scouting has always been NBA draft.net, which is our favorite website, and it looks the same as it did in nineteen ninety five when we started <laughs> looking at it. Um we would go read what it has to say about this guy, but it's down. So it's the one day of the year you need NBA draft.net to work, and it's always down um during the draft. It's just a wonderful place that I mean I still think they use like a like the, the dial in modems would be my guess. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about him. Hopefully he's not bad. Um yeah. Like Adam said, hopefully he's so he ends up. Here's the uh, thing that's really concerning here. So they moved up before the draft started, and my defense of this was that I thought that there was someone they, they knew they could only get at 23 or 24, and they didn't think they'd get him at 27. Um, is this someone who could have gotten at 27? Like what's the what's the deal with this? I don't remember hearing a lot about this guy. Neither do I. Cert- yeah, uh, uh, yeah. S- sadly. It, this kind of feels like just another misguided Knicks decision because it, uh, it's very I'm early for th- us to say that. We, I mean, we we're just reacting live, and we tip. We probably wouldn't know a lot about guys going this range anyway, but it, it it's sending up some warning signs. Yeah, what what this kind of feels like, and what you saw a lot of on Twitter earlier today was that the reason the Knicks. Uh, traded up from 27 to 23 was because they wanted to take 8 and 23 and move up, you know, maybe to like the fifth pick to try and get a guy they didn't think would fall to eight. That didn't end up happening. They uh, And since that didn't end up happening, you wonder, would they have just been better off staying at 27, probably still getting this guy, Bomaro, and then you also have the 38th pick to take another stab at a guy. I mean, I know second round picks, there's a very low hit rate on them, but sometimes they hit. I mean, the Knicks did two years ago with Mitchell Robinson. I mean, obviously you have your, you know, Draymond Greens and, you know, Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas's and uh, Carlos Boozers of the world. Uh, uh, just some of the names I thought off the top of my head is second round. Manu Ginobili, uh, you know, another one, but. Point being, uh, yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think, uh, so I have closed captioning on. We might want to cut this out. I think they're trading him. 
interesting. Just let's just cut this out. I don't know what's happening. No, I think we should leave it in. Okay, we're leaving it in. I, I like I like the I like the real time. He was uh, traded in Minnesota. I don't know what's happening. Oh. I'm very confused. Right, maybe that makes more sense. So they right, didn't so, make the pick. It seems like Minnesota made the pick. I don't know what they're getting. All right, maybe uh, the Knicks have something up their sleeve. Um, all right, we we've been talking for a while now, so we're gonna uh, move a little more quickly through these the rest of the free agents. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't think we that we necessarily need to go through all these names one by one but uh are are there any other free agents that you'd like to see the knicks potentially bring in i kind of want to go all right let's knock so we have a list of like the free agents they could target let's knock the ones out that we don't want so i don't want them to bring in uh, carmelo anthony i have i have zero interest in Melo back at the garden is that true for you too I don't. I, I mean, I think there's a really good chance he's going to end up. I just hate that with so the much. Knicks. I don't like it, but I, I said I don't think that's like. R.J. Barrett huge... needs to have the ball in his hands. We need to see if he's going to be a superstar. And giving Carmelo Anthony possessions is stupid. Hassan Whiteside, like I'm just terrified they're going to bring no. him in. He is just. I don't want any part of Hassan Whiteside. I'm going to cross him off. Um Jeremy Grant, I love Jeremy Grant. They have too many power forwards, and they just drafted a power forward. I don't think they need to bring him in. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, love Christian him, but is, just they have like eight power. What forwards. do you think of it's Christian Wood? I mean, I I thought Christian Wood was a pretty good player with the pit. I know they have a ton of power forwards, but I think he's probably a lot better. We're than not getting guys. off players. We're not. He's the guy I want. Let's, let's oh, follow okay. the process. <laughs> These are guys we're knocking off the list. So uh, Trez, I love Montrez Harrell. They have Mitchell Robinson. I don't think we, you're going to have to spend a lot to get Trez. I don't. I don't think we have interest in him. Um, Demar Derozan is my least favorite player in the NBA. I have no interest in Demar Derozan. Do you have any interest in Demar Derozan? At this point, no. Five I, years ago, yes. He but sounds not like now. also everything I've heard about Demar. A lovely human being. I don't like the way he plays basketball, um, and I have no interest. He doesn't make a lot of sense in this team. So that knocks out the guys who I had no interest in. So let's talk about some of the guys who I think I think they should make a run at Gallo. He could play the three. He could play the four. He can stretch the floor. They don't have a lot of shooting. It'd be nice to bring him back. I don't want to pay a lot, but like I said, there's not a lot of teams with um, with money. He's helping you build back to being respectable. What do you think? I I, I like it. I mean, he's proven he's had a really good NBA career. Uh, you know he's he's proven to be a, you know certainly an above average player in this league and again he's one of those guys that uh brings you back to that respectability that you talked about i mean and look at last year i mean he's on the oklahoma city thunder that was a team everyone thought was tanking they end up as the 5th seed in the western conference they're a possession away of beating houston and getting to the second round and gallo was a really big part of that team uh, all in on bringing him back um, so the next guy is Evan Fournier. He's got an option. Um, I, I, I I don't know if he's going to exercise it or not. He's a very good basketball player. Um, there aren't a lot of great shooting guards in the league. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good defender. I, I'm worried that you'd have to get into a spending war with the Magic and maybe another team. Um, I don't. He's not a max player, and I'm worried you might have to get too close to the max. But I'm not opposed to it. They they need shooting. That's like my big thing when I looked at this team is like they just need guys who can knock down three point shots. Um, so I I would like him, but I'm not getting anywhere near a max. Yeah, I don't know. I, one he's thing much better Orlando, than I, people I know, realize. I, I I realize that the Orlando Magic are one of those teams where it's like I know they were in the playoffs the last two years, but. I don't know. It just feels like anytime I watch them, they're they're never overly impressive. They're just sort of one of those blah teams. He I was mean, if, uh, if the price was right, a four hundred uh, shooter from three last year. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, he's. If the, I mean, look, I, I I think we've we've talked about Fournier enough. If the price is right, sure, go get him. He's six but seven. I wouldn't necessarily go. He's a shooting guard. Max I, on him. I don't. I. He's not. I like. He's it's max just, this is what you're looking at, right? Like you're looking at yeah. guys who are average to marginally above average better than like the crap we've been dealing with. He's a winning basketball player. Um, Davis Bertans, I love. I have no interest in Bertans. Bertans, you're going to have to pay so much money. He is, as Michael Scott would say, the bell of the ball. I, He's a one-dimensional player. 
He's one of the best three-point shooters in maybe league history. I just, I'm not getting into a spending war with anyone else over Davis Bertans. Also, what have the Knicks been in recent years? Bad? What? I was going to I was going for like a train wreck. Uh, Davis Bertans doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be a good fit in New York. Uh, he seems, uh, didn't he, uh, didn't he opt not to go to the bubble last year because he was going to be a free agent? Well, that, I mean, that's smart. Right, the, the Wizards maybe had no so, business being in the bubble. If he hurt himself, he could have not gotten a giant contract. And maybe he's going so, to get a giant contract. Like maybe like so, but I don't know. I, you, as the president you, would say. Do Do you worry at all that maybe he's not a good team guy? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. he's a guy. They, I mean, the Wizards want to bring him back. I, I haven't heard anything about Davis Bertans like that. All right, that was just a thought I had. I don't he, know. I, I mean, the diff if he fine. got hurt and it was a horrible injury, it could have cost him like. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the Wizards had no business being in the bubble. They weren't going to make the playoffs. Like, that's that, that's a that's a no-brainer. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Joe Harris, I want Joe Harris very badly. Um, I, want a, I want a guard who can shoot threes. I, he's in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I don't think it's going to bring him back. I think you're going to have to overpay for him. I feel like if you can leave the offseason with Joe Harris and Fred Van Vliet, plus whoever they draft, like, you're moving in the right direction. You're not going to make the playoffs, but those are those are rotation pieces on a good team. Uh, as long as uh, his uh, teammate last year, DeAndre Jordan, uh, didn't uh, <laughs> didn't uh, permanently haunt uh, the opinion on the Knicks. Uh, yeah, go, go 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 get Harris. Oh, you're worried that uh, DeAndre Jordan told Joe Harris that the Knicks are bad and don't go there. Yes, that's what so I'm Joe Harris is, I, Joe Harris wants to get paid. The, so Joe Harris hasn't DeAndre, gotten paid before. DeAndre Jordan convinced uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving not to come to the I Knicks. Think, he certainly convinced Joe Harris to do the same thing. I think James Dolan did that all by himself. All right. Christian <laughs> Wood. I like Christian Wood. My issue with Christian, I love Wood, Christian is Wood is he's, he's Obi Toppin. Right? You know, stretch for... I mean, that's what Christian Wood really does. Do we need another power forward? Like, if I'm, where am I putting my eggs? Like, you have Obi Toppin... You have Mitchell Robinson. You need guards. You need shooting. I mean, could you run? I mean, could you run some small, some smaller? Ah, I guess if you're, you're going to have to. This is the thing. Wood, so there's not, not a lot be. of free agents. So you're yeah. having to overpay for anybody. And if I'm having to overpay, I'd rather overpay for Joe Harris and Fred Lee than Christian Wood. Christian Wood's very a, good, but remember, he's not. He didn't turn the Pistons into a winner. The Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, good point. He's and good. Christian he's Wood. Good. I have, if they get him, I'm not going to be upset. He's just he's not what I'm targeting. Yeah, and also I think before, you know, when I was looking at this list earlier in the day, Christian Wood stood out, but it was also like, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I don't know that they have Obi Toppin at this point. So he, he he's certainly a guy where you maybe don't need to put all your uh, eggs in the basket. Blake Beasley. I love Blake Beasley. On the he's one of those Denver guards who is really good. He's on Minnesota now. He's a restricted free agent. I don't think Minnesota is going to be paying a lot to keep Malik Beasley. Go after him. That It's just... Put an offer and see if they match it. He's not a max guy, but can you pay a little bit more than market and get Malik Beasley? Maybe. Do it. Maybe. Uh, whatever. All right. Let's move to the next guy because I think he's more interesting. Uh, Goran Dragic. Yeah. He's, go, um, go after him. He's The problem with Goran is he gets hurt a lot. Like I, I've always loved him. Um, he is he's a badass. Um, he's, yeah. he's just a very good basketball player. He's not young. Huge reason why Miami got to the finals last year. What? Huge reason as to why Miami got to the finals last year. Yeah, no, I I like Goran. I I think they should try to get him. The issue is like you're he might want to go to a team that has a chance to win. Um, he's an older player, so he may not fit their timeline. But like like my overarching principle is moving this team towards respectability, and he would definitely help them do that. So I'd Absolutely. rather have Van Vliet than Goran. But if you can't get Van Vliet, he's a good backup. Yeah. Uh, next guy is Derek Favors. Uh, he probably doesn't fit in because the Knicks have a million forwards and they probably don't need another he's one. I've always center. thought Favors... Derek? Oh, is he? He's he's oh. most definitely a center and he'd be a wonderful My... backup center. He's been on some really good teams. He's a hard worker. He's a great teammate. I don't think you're going to have to pay a lot for Derek Favors. I actually... I, I think I've always be... thought he's a... Be... I've always kind of liked him. Yeah, I Derek Favors is didn't great. The, didn't, the Nets, like, didn't the Nets trade him for Darren Williams when he was a rookie? They did. Yeah. Yeah, I've always I, liked him. I, you bring in Derek Favors, why not? Right. I mean, you need you need players. The team doesn't have any players. If they don't exercise their options, they literally just need to f- have a team. 
Right. I think he'd be a great guy. I think he. I think Tibbs and him would get along. I apologize great. for forgetting that he's a center and not a power forward. He also but, yeah, plays the four, but he's mostly a five. He doesn't. He's not super stretchy. He doesn't have a three point shot. All right. Uh, last two guys on this list. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. I don't know a lot about Derek Jones Jr. Educate he's me amazing. Out. He played a lot in the the G League. He's young. He jumps out of the gym. Um, he's Who did he play defender. for last year? He played for Miami. He's an unrestricted free agent, which I don't think Miami's happy about. Did he he's, play he's a lot just, for them? What? Why am I not remember? Did he play a lot for them? He played a ton for them. Why am I not remember? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't it's know. It's late. So he's not a good three-point shooter. Um, he's an intense defender. He jumps out of the gym. He's an extremely hard worker. Like I said, he got out of the G League. I also think he'd fit in well with Tibbs. Um, like, I, I want shooting, and he doesn't do that, but... He's like you just need a team and you have money. So he's another guy I would I would go after. Clearly, you're not going after all these guys. Most of these guys are going to say no to you because you're the Knicks. So, but they're like the point I'm trying to make is there are average to marginally above average players in the free agent market, and you can make your team move towards respectability if you're aggressive in free agency this year. Um, the last player, a lot of people don't realize that Chris Dunn was a top five defensive player in the league last year. He. I don't remember. He definitely got votes for being one of the all defensive teams. I don't know if he made the second team. I don't think he did, but he probably should have. He's another guy who would fit in great with Tibbs. He's just not a scorer, and he he stopped trying to be a scorer, and since then he's really ex- excelled in his role. I don't feel like people understand that he's good, and I don't think Chicago is going to match anything for him. I think he probably walks. He's he's a good role player. I would love to see him on the Knicks. Sure. But people don't know that, right? But did you know that he should have made an all-defensive team as the top five I had no defender? Idea. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really, really good. Yeah, so we just went through the guys. I think the point is, is that the Knicks have a lot of cap space, and they should be in on a lot of these guys, and uh, they should be willing to overpay for some of these guys because the way it stands right now, the Giannis's of the world aren't walking in their door. Like, the Knicks are viewed as a joke throughout the league. I mean, that was never more apparent than last year when uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said, we want to play in New York City, but we don't want to play for the Knicks. We want to play for the team that has no fans in the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) So they need to, you know, they need to build things up. And whether that's, you know, bringing in the right free agents that, you know, don't say bad things about the team, uh, Plus, like I said, they're, they're tr- I feel like they're trying to walk a fine line because you, you want to sign guys that can help your young guys in now Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson grow. But at the same time, you, do, you don't necessarily want to be good enough to where you cost yourself a great player next year. Put it this way, though. if let, Let's just say they signed... I don't know, Fred Van Vliet and like Derek Favors. And I don't know, just the the collection of guys they have really do mesh well together next year. They end up far exceeding expectations. They end up, you know, somewhere in that seven to 10 range and they end up winning some games and making the playoffs and their young guys, even though they probably get swept by like the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, those guys get some playoff experience. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because that means if that does happen, it means that the guys you do have are improving in a major, major way. Yep. I I, I think that a lot of teams are viewing this offseason as just a chance to wait for next year and not do anything. And a lot, I think there's only a couple teams that are under the cap. So if you're smart, you know, you could really start moving this organization in the right direction. Yeah, and hopefully by what we've seen tonight, by drafting Obi Toppin, uh, they're going to be smart. I mean, even just with their coaching hire, they hired a guy who is, by all accounts, a good coach. Because we've seen a lot of really bad coaches for the Knicks in recent years. I did not watch a lot of Knicks last year. I will watch the Knicks this year. I think there's enough there to look forward to. Like, if you're a Knicks fan, you want to see what Barrett looks like in year two. You want to see if Robinson takes the next step and if the Knicks are smart enough to actually play him. You want to see Obi Toppin. He's an exciting player. You want to see if Knox is actually going to take a step forward or is, is his career just over. Can Frankie Smokes be a rotation player? There's there's things to look forward to. I'm going to enjoy watching them, knowing that you know this isn't a playoff team, but I think and hope that they are finally moving in the right direction. They've given this new regime has given us a lot of reasons to be hopeful. Unless they trade for Russell Westbrook. 
Yeah, don't trade for Russell Westbrook. That'd be the absolute worst thing they can do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Knicks end up with here because, uh, as we know, they traded uh, this Argentinian guy, to, uh, what was it, to Minnesota? I think they moved back and then um, also got a second rounder, but I haven't been able to lock it down. But when, when our listeners listen, they'll know exactly what it is. But it seems like yeah, they got so more curious. draft capital. I think it was a good move. Um, they did not select a foreign player we had never heard of, which is which was our fear at number eight, and yeah. it seemed like it happened at twenty three. So there's reason to be hopeful. Yeah, so maybe they pick up another guy or two here. Another another sorry, super random note. Uh, when they were when they were uh, showing the the deals the uh, details of the Utah trade before, one thing that they mentioned that I didn't realize before is apparently Utah threw in the draft rights to a, a second round pick that they drafted way back in 2008. Uh, what? The, uh, yeah. Some foreign guy that they drafted way back in 2008 that never uh, came to the NBA, which which makes me think that maybe at like age 30 or 31, this guy is uh, finally willing to come to the NBA and wants to play for the Knicks. So not that that, that guy is going to move the needle in any way, but who knows? Maybe the uh, Knicks end up with some, uh, you know, fun foreign guy who can at least play in the league. I'll, uh, you know, like a Pablo Prigioni type guy. Uh, Love really me some Pablo. Was at least a rotation. Oh, man. He, well, was, least, he was a rotation I was, piece. I wish he was the coach. He was great. No, no, I'm not being facetious. I I wish he was the coach <laughs> of the Knicks. I love Pablo. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've gone off to talking about Pablo Prigioni. Um, I, I think for the first time in, like, forever, we're we're actually happy about Draft Night. We're excited to, to see what the uh, I don't think they could Knicks have done will do in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, especially since it, it kind of does seem that the Knicks realize that maybe they shouldn't have traded up four spots to, you know, to 23 when they didn't really have to. So they turn around and say, you know what? We're going to now trade back and get even more draft capital and take more, you know, stabs at some guys. It all, it all seems good. Knicks fans, there's reason to be hopeful. All right. Uh, if you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at born in 87 pod. Let us know how we're doing born in 87 pod at gmail.com. Visit our site born in 87.com and uh, give us a five star review in the Apple podcast app. Uh, anything else to add, Adam? That's it. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Hope you enjoyed draft night. <laughs>